Welcome to the first episode of And They Were Roommates, where trivial, rom-com, queer, and kill some children have a kiki. In this, our first episode, we'll be talking about Theory of Love, a 2019 GMMTV show about two best friends who find themselves in the gay friend zone. Now, this is a classical rom-com with dramatic revelation, regrets, and cute romantic gestures. This boys love series has it all to star in us in the best possible mood for romantic comedy. From the tropes to the analysis, it has elements that are typical of Chibiel and that we will be rehashing through this podcast. As such, it's a perfect show to start off our adventure into Chibiel rom-com and the landscape of queer and cultural theory. Are we in? We are. I am Victoria Mayorga, your host, and this is And They Were Roommates. <laughs> back and now that we're here let's talk about theory of love and its plotline theory of love is a rather straightforward show from my drama lead here is the synopsis third is a filmology major and a member of the savage team along with his best friend too bone and kai but he has a secret third had been secretly in love with kai for years for three years, he had kept his secret love in his heart, silently supporting and loving Kai while knowing there is absolutely no future between them, since Kai is as straight as a straight light pole and also an absolute player. So pretty much since the synopsis, we already know that Kai is a bit of an asshole. Now, in this sense, this rom-com is pretty much a warning about dignity and self-love and how Anyway, here's love. I know, I can hear precisely what you're saying. Hey, but big, everything is about self-love at this moment. And yeah, it's true. Nowadays, the mercantilization of self-care and self-love is wild. You get sold a number of things with the tagline of self-love, of self-care, and everything on earth saying that it promises you just a little bit more of self-respect. And you know what? Theory of love is one of them. Is this because Third eventually decides to better himself and get over Kai? Mayhaps. However, this show is still pretty much a rom-com and we know that we are gonna get a happy ending. So until then, suffer. And suffer we do. Third cries approximately every episode in this show. I wish I was kidding, but in all honesty, he cries at least twice per episode until episode 7, maybe? However, that doesn't mean this show is a queer tragedy. But why don't we consider it tragedy? Shame, tragedy, death are using queer studies usually to discuss elements that are inherent in many narratives about queer lives as they create a sense of community from the pain. That means coming out, homophobia, AIDS, discrimination, and other topics that do impact real queer lives and invocate a sense of solidarity for our fellow queer. For a lot of queer theories like Judith Butler or Eve Sedgwick, this is the essence of queerness, queer bond, that deals with the aspects of our life that escape the heterosexual spectrum and refuse to accommodate to a narrative of normalization. However, there is plenty to discuss regarding those statements, especially since they seem to better describe Western manifestations of queerness. Clearly, in the podcast, while we will occasionally flirt with 
Western media, our focus will be absolutely non-Western. Tibials come from a very different gender sex spectrum, and of course, from a different narrative around sexuality, pretty much like Latin America and the rest of Asia. This difference has been traditionally disregarded, despite the fact that Foucault is tapering sexuality studies was very emphatic regarding how localized research and analysis was regarding the Western world. So, while theory of love does have an element of tragedy, this is considerably universal and also low stakes. This is not the tragedy of any specific homophobic individual, but purely the tragedy of unrequited love. I will argue, however, that while it is a quite universal tragedy, it is also a queer experience in a fundamental way. While unrequited love, whether with or without shame or homophobia, is always painful, this is also the cliché of life itself, the friend's own best friend who is deadly in love with the protagonist. Life even says, I, blah, 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 who has not fallen in love with their straight best friend? A rite of passage for so many baby gays, falling in love with someone who is too straight to be able to correspond seems to be pretty much the norm in lesbian and gay lives. Let him who is without sin cast the first stone. Last month, honestly, that was so sad. A match in Tinder told me right before our day that she was not over her straight best friend. My fellow queer, please, dignity, dignity. And this is certainly something that you will find yourself begging of her during the first episode. A particularity of the romance of this show is that while Kai isn't an aware party during the first episode, that will change, not necessarily in a pretty way. From this way on, spoilers galore as we continue to explore the magic of theory of love and also tropes. Now, we'll come back to and they were roommate. Now, theory of love, like any good rom-com, thrives in the trope of a genre. From friends to lovers, to realizing what you lost and big romantic gestures, it hits every cliche it can to build the romantic tension and obviously the comedy of it all. A rom-com should have some elemental aspects. First, low-stake drama. That means essentially romantic drama. I do not want to, and neither does the romantic comedy, to deal with ecological collapse, a zombie apocalypse, or anything else. We are keeping our drama in the inner space, in the micro space of society, not the macro. This does not mean that there are no romantic comedies focused in a zombie apocalyptic world, as Hollywood are pretty much proof. It just means that the focus is the romance and not the circumstances necessary. In line with those guidelines, theory of love exists in a space where homophobia seems non-existent. That this means that our main character cries any less? Oh no, but it does situate us in a fantasy space that a lot of TIBLs create. As such, the lack of gay anxiety in the show is blessed. Sometimes you just want some sweet, sweet escapades. There's no homophobia, and while there's a kind of surprise, the characters are not rejected due to their sexuality, but due to other circumstances, like, you know, being long-time friends.
None of Kurt's friends leave him when they realize he is in love with Kai, and most of his classes is still accepting and cheerful for them when they get together. A climate of general indifference or tolerance seems to give in for many Taibians, if not just plain intuitions from the Fujoshis or the group of girls that feel excited about two guys dating. Second, element in the realm come. Anguish. While it may seem Counterproductive, every good rom-com has its absolute anguish and desolate moment. Cue back the low-stakes melodrama, the lover must suffer for love. As such, the first six episodes depict her suffering at Kai's indifference and his many female lovers and his general carelessness. But also, after Kai realizes and starts acting out to discover what a third is really in love with him, the heartbreak and official music of the show collaborate to create a space of utter pain and desolation at Kai's heartlessness and his disregard for Third's emotions. This is the moment where Third will decide to move on, and this is, of course, the moment where the magic of the rom-com happens. Once Third is ready to move on and take distance, Kai realizes that he doesn't want the distance to exist. The unrequited love seems to be actually requited. This, of course, plays to the meta aspect of the show, the meta-textual aspect. The main characters are film students, as we saw earlier, and all of the series is separated by film features and tropes, with interventions where Third describes his own experiences in terms of cinematic scope. So he compares his life to a tragedy, to a romance film gone wrong and different movies, there is a moment when Kai is drunk and kisses a third, where, and he kisses him and he says the name of another girl of Prime. And basically the show goes back and it third voice in enough voice saying there is a moment in romance movies where the main characters kiss and you feel that it's great and it's amazing and the music swells and that is the moment, the climax. But that kiss did not feel like that. That kiss felt wet and sad and miserable because obviously Kai was thinking about someone else while he kissed her. So basically, the there is an aspect of metatextual relevance within the chat that is really interesting. Another detail in that regard is that the titles of the episode are name of movies. Like for example, episode 6, which is precisely the episode in which the event I just related happens, is called Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind because God will he and us wish to forget what happened in that one. So no. Kay and Third have been best friends for years, and while the friend zone does not exist and is clearly a patriarchal assumption about female availability, it provides an interesting shift to see not only the side of one of the characters, but both of them. This show is based on a novel, like many Thai shows currently, and it is the novel that actually separates the narrative into Third's point of view and later Kai's. When he realizes his mistake, I try to win her back. The trope, realizing what you lost, is a classic rom-com move and makes for a neutrally satisfying experience. 
As Kai tried harder and harder, it seemed like it's now third who wants nothing to do with him, and Kai obviously must prove that he really means his change of heart. However, in this move, there is another element that really weighs on this rom-com. The contrast between the heterosexual narrative of a long-time friend in love versus the queer one. One of the secondary couples is formed by two, one of the third best friends, as we mentioned, and a girl he's been in love with for a long time. This couple and a third couple with Bone, the third friend, and his teacher are honestly a point that proves that the representation of women in the show can be pretty awful. This is rather in the tradition of most boy love series and the OI narrative where women and either the antagonist or secondary characters that hardly affect the main plot. However, that doesn't really excuse the fact that all of Kai's ex-girlfriend are either absolutely psychotic coming into his house to look for him and attacking her because he won't reveal where Kai is, or just forgettable. In the search to make Kai a womanizer, many female characters are demonized, and in this way, it really fits traditional Jaoi dynamics. Jaoi is a kind of Japanese manga that depicts gay relationships, usually written by a heterosexual woman in a fetishizing kind of way, or at least, that the prejudice and restricted perception of the genre. Actually, Plenty of Chaoi is currently written by queer women or men for an audience that is overwhelmingly queer and female. So when Thomas Boudinet talked about Thai boys' love and how it has evolved, he talked about how Thai soap operas, lacorns, have absorbed Chaoi tropes, the boys' love tropes. Rather than one main couple and a cast of characters, there tend to be a main couple and secondary couples, for example. Sometimes they can be heterosexual, other times homosexual, and this follows traditional Thai soap operas, which provides an easy introduction to queer characters. For example, Kiss Me Again had like maybe four heterosexual relationships, and one of them is gay, which is Pete and Cow. They were actually so popular that GMMTV ended up giving them their own show, so Kick Me Again ended up with a sequel which is called Dark Blue Kids, which is another one, another show, another way to see that effectively the popularity of boys love narrative in, Thail in Thailand had been increasing over time. And exactly, so however, in Theory of Love, the focus is clearly the relationship between Kai and her, and eventually between Chu and Pian. If there's something that's certain, it's that while the universe of Theory of Love is not factually homosexual, it might as well be. Women are not essential to the narrative, and I believe this is one of the faults of this romantic comedy. Another element that I found quite interesting is that there is a sense of Queer Utopia. We have already talked about how queer tragedy is usually considered the essence of queer community to some extent. In the case of theory of love, while well, we have utopia in the sense that queer relationships are a tangible possibility rather than something forbidden or something that must not be named, 
we cannot talk of a queer community. Oh, we do have two in turn who talk about love and support each other solidly, but the queer experience actually doesn't exist. Turd doesn't conceptualize himself as gay necessarily, and he doesn't come out properly as a gay person, but as someone who is in love with Kai. There is a sense of individuality as he falls in love with a person, and not necessarily his gender, to say it somehow. This is another element that brings light into the different ways that cultures conceptualize queer love and identity. Western society tends to conceptualize sexuality as vital to identity. This is also an evaluation that has been examined by various queer theories that work with non-Western population in Latin America, Asia, and East Asia. The divide between sex and gender in Europe and the USA allowed for a sense of identity that clings into the, identif like the identification of the self as gay, as queer, while child rarely have self-identification. This doesn't mean that they are not queer. Other shows like Together With Me or Tarn and Ty have characters that have a history of queer relationships and clearly identify as such, but even them, they don't seem to have a community. Queer communities seem to be a privilege reserved for Tootsies, for feminine gay characters. So in shows like The Tootsie Diaries, which followed the story of three gay men and a lesbian that on New Year's Eve decide that it's been enough and that they finally want to find the love of their life in time for the next New Year's Eve. Even in that case, all the men featured, like obviously of the main cast, are notoriously effeminate, so they are closer to Katuyei than they are closer to masculine gays, to say it somehow. So, this actually raises an interesting point that we probably will be discussing through the rest of the podcast as we will eventually get to the series we have mentioned. What is queer community and can rom-coms depict that successfully despite focusing majorly in just one romance? Can we say that Tybeals imitate that traditional western rom-com in its search for homonormativity, particularly when a lot of Tybeals focus on seemingly heterosexual characters that suddenly fall for another man? Let's not forget that we are not talking about western society, of course, but about the global south, which means we cannot read the text with the same eyes as we would read, say, western romantic comedies, like Imagine Me and You, or Love, Simon, or even I Love You, Philip Morris, which is a stunning romantic comedy about a criminal in love with a completely normal man. So, even these comedies have a different conception of sex, gender, and identification. So, through this podcast, we will explore how this manifests in different in different IBLs, so we can find some sort of conclusion. I don't think we will reach it, but God will we try. One thing is certain. Theory of Love is a romantic comedy that will drive you to tears, to joy, and laughter. Let the gay friend zone fall. At its core, Theory of Love is running to the airport to kiss her lover. 
Now, I hope you enjoyed this episode. You can catch up with Theory of Love on YouTube of GMMTV's channel. Currently, the same studio is showing another series, which is Together. And I gotta admit, I'm following with great interest. Enjoy. It has this perfect trope of fake relationship that I am always ready to listen to. If you'd like to hear about it, do send me a message over social media. Remember, we are at ATWR podcast under current Twitter, and you can always drop me a message at Cielos Raros and Instagram. If you want to discuss the chibiel of your life that is not together or not theory of love that has made you cry and has made you scream in joy and has made you enjoy the wheel of life, then do not hesitate to tell us. We still have a lot of episodes left, so if you want us to showcase something, don't let the opportunity go. Now, next episode, we'll be talking about yet another show in which they are not roommates. Pick rom-com, fully volleyball, gay hiking coming, history too, crossing the lines. If you watch Haiku or you're a fan of sport animes, make sure to tune in next Saturday and listen to our talk.